greeted somebody about February? Have you asked them what's going on in a couple of weeks? Now, uh, when, when, when we are here and we are outside, I think um, this season, and by this season I mean Valentine, Valentine's uh, season, um, for me, it's sweeter when you were on campus. Um, when you'll be in somebody's room and you hear um, attention, please, means something, something, something. Your package is waiting for you outside. And then the girl goes all excited and she goes down. You know what I'm talking about. For those of you that stayed on campus. And then they'll go bring back the chocolates or whatever. And then they'll call her again. You know, it's like that uh, first, that, uh, you know, uh, what you call it, prize giving day. You know, there are some very serious students that they will collect all the prizes. You know, say, um, first prize in math means something, something. She'll come on stage, collect her prize. Go. Before she goes, means something, something for English. She'll come back again. Sometimes that Valentine's thing used to look like that. Where you had some girls. I don't know what they told those guys. Before they reach upstairs, they call them again. Like prize giving day. They'll go and collect again. They will come. Well, you now see some girls in their room. That's the time they'll remember that they want to sweep. They'll be sweeping with anger. <laughs> Somebody's laugh is sounding guilty. It's that area. I'm bringing back memories that you'd rather leave forgotten and buried. Um, but Valentine's season is for me and in reality, it's, it's simply just a shadow. It's a shadow of um, what true love, what real love is supposed to be like. Um, the world will always try. Because um, there's something about God and how he created man that man will always strive 
to either replicate either through God or by their own efforts what God has already done. Praise God. So you have uh, Valentine's Day, which is supposed to be celebrating love. Supposed to be. But ultimately, we know that it's a bit more than that. Praise God. Statistically, it's been shown that apart from everybody that's going to be chopping breakfast. Yeah. Don't let anybody quarrel with you now. (laughs) They just... Whatever it is, just say yes, dear. No, dear. Sorry, dear. Until after the, until 15th, then you can bring back, you know, they said you people remember everything, so you bring back everything. Then show him Pepe. Um, but yeah, um, oh, we've not even started, and you've got it's like confusing. Um, so yes, because it's, it's, it's such a poor imitation of God's love, we start to see a lot of consequences just based on that day, you know. Like I was saying, statistically, it shows, um, I mean, unwanted pregnancies, um, heartbreaks per container, as in container load, you know, heartbreaks, all of that. People make very foolish decisions in the name of love, especially on the 14th. Praise God. So um, this month, because we, we said this is supposed to be the month of love, just because of that one day. Um, <laughs> it's funny. The way we, we blow things out of proportion as human beings. So we have February 14th. There's nothing else happening in February. I hope you're aware. But we call February the month of love. Anyway, so this month we are going to be looking at love. So we are, t- we are titling the entire series, What's Love Got to Do With It? Okay? Um, just to even kind of buttress the point. Um, the person, there's a, there's a song coincidentally that, that is um, that same title. Are we, do we know it? If you want to hear a pastor sing it, just watch yesterday's service. I will not attempt it. Pastor Yomi sang it terribly. Um, so just go and um, make fun of your pastor while he's not there. Alright, um, so yeah. And the reason, one of the reasons she sang that song, in case you don't know, um, she went through, I mean, her, her husband showed her, showed her Pepe. If you've seen the, um, is it biopic, that one, the movie, where, Tina, uh, what's her name? Angela Bassett was one that acted. I don't know why I'm doing all of this this evening, but anyway, her husband showed her Pepe. So she came to that conclusion that love is, according to her, um, who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? Have you? Uh, what's love got to do with go and find the lyrics I'm not, we won't do that here on the pulpit amen so I mean it, it just goes to portrait that point the fact that we are looking for love and because we do not do it right and we don't do it the right way it's not based on the right foundation we end up getting hurt we, get, we end up getting even destroyed in some situations praise God there, there are destinies that have been irrevocably changed just because of this thing that we call love that the world calls love. Praise God. But like I said, we'll look into a couple of things. God helping us, we'll have a better understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so let's start with something. So what is love? The Bible says very simply, um, in 1 John 4, 8, it says God is love. So instead of saying, like we normally do in um, any kind of um, secondary school subject, 
uh, chemistry is so, 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 biology is so, 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 we have specific definitions for these things. But when it comes to love, the Bible just gives us one definition and it says, God is love. Love is God, I guess. I want to flip it. God is love. That's what the Bible says. Everywhere you want to look at and look for, find any kind of definition, beyond the, the workings of love, the actual definition you will see in the Bible is that God is love. Every other thing is just um, describing what happens after that fact. Praise God. So, if God is love, that means if we look at God, then we can see what love is. Abby? Simple deductions. Okay, so, um, so that means, and this is very good for some of us, love is not emotions. Abby? So we have people, I mean, you, you, you're in church, and you stand next to somebody who is particularly emotional. And then she's going, oh, I love you, God. I love you, Lord. And then she starts crying. And then you feel like, am I the adopted son? Why am I not crying? But thank God that um, our passage into heaven is not dependent on anybody's tears. If not, some of us will not make it. Praise God. Uh, because if love was all about emotions, then it means that some of us that are more stoic, more less emotional, we don't have a chance. You understand what I'm saying? So, and it's good that we are looking at God as our definition of love because we, I hardly, I don't think I've ever seen, is there any way that they say that God, God was crying because he loved us? God, God loved us so much that he cried. I love you so much. <laughs> So, so much. Thank God God is not like that because I probably will be, I'll be cringing every time I'm talking to him. And I'm just hearing this thundering voice from heaven just crying. I'm like, God, let's hold it together, you know? <laughs> uh, but thank God he's not like that. Uh, my own God is strong and mighty. Amen. Um, so if God is love, and we are saying that love is not necessarily. So yes, um, love can be expressed through some emotion. It should be an offshoot. It should not be the substance. Did you get that? So if all you are doing is you are running on the emotion that you call love, then ultimately when that emotion changes, then your love will change. And love is supposed to be stag- it's supposed to be what's the word? It's supposed to be constant. Thank you. It's supposed to be constant. So love is whether I feel like it or not. Whether you are treating me right or not. Whether we loved him or not. Which is why the Bible talks about the fact that he loved us even while we hated him, while we were strangers, while we were sinners, while when we did not even know him, he already commanded his love towards us. So love is and is supposed to be constant. Praise God. Love is not dependent on your highs and your lows, whether, your, uh, whether, whether things are working for you or not. It's a constant. So it's not dependent on your emotions. It should be a decision. God decided to love us even when we're unlovable. So we're already going into some of the things I was going to talk about. So the first thing I want to look at, so we're going to look at three major things 
about love. So the first thing is that God loved us first. And it is on us to accept that love. Praise God. It is your decision whether you accept that love or not. So the love has already been, 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 been cast all over this earth. God has already spread his love. He has already released his love. Let me use that term. He has already released his love over the earth. But it's now for us to decide whether we accept this love or not. Praise God. Because it has been freely given. So let's look at John 3.16. We know the scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, would have what? Would have everlasting life. But the first thing is that God so loved us. And it is out of that love, out of that heart of love that he gave his son. Praise God. So like I said, it is for us at this time. If you are not born again, this is that time where you need to realize that that love is already available. You just need to tap into it. God has done everything. As regards love, God has done everything that he needs to do concerning mankind. He doesn't need to do any more. He has given his best. He has given literally his all to us. Because the Bible says that he didn't just give Jesus his son. The Bible says that with him, that's with Jesus, he freely gave us all things. So God has literally given you everything. If you do not accept it, that's not God's fault. Praise God. Hallelujah. I know that um, sometimes we want to hear something else. I mean, it's love. What else would we be talking about? By the time we quote John 3.16, I'll quote a couple of things. Today I'll disappoint you, we will not quote 1 Corinthians 13. We will not quote it. I will do everything in my power to stay away from 1 Corinthians 13. Praise God. Uh, but we need to remind ourselves of these things, not just because it's February, but this is supposed to be a constant. Um, love is that thing. Since we are saying what's God, what love got to do with it, love has everything to do with us, especially as Christians. Because everything we run in this, mini, in this I don't know, not ministry, in this life, in this walk, is powered by that love. So we can't stop talking about it and we cannot restrict it to just one month in the year. Because the thing that runs the actual life that you have, you've been called to is that love. Praise God. So it's not something that is just something you, you, you look at almost like a refresher. It's not a refresher course. It should be your everyday life. Because it is literally what powers your Christian work. Praise God. Alright. Um, so let's look at um, 1 John 3.20. Because sometimes it, it becomes a bit hard to, especially if um, you had a kind of background that by, by the world's um, standards, you should be cast aside. For some of you understand what I'm saying. You've lived a, a life that even by, world stand, by the world's standards, people would be looking down on you, people would be castigating you. And, and they would generally just not want to be associated with you. But can we look at something? And this is for somebody in the house. Can we read it out together?
this is talking about the fact that even for us as Christians, there are times when we've done things because our minds can as not, have not really grasped the, the, the concept of God's love. So in our minds, we feel like, okay, I prayed, I did my one hour every day this week, so I'm good. So that means I can ask. Do you understand that? Um, I did not, I did not, I, okay, let's, okay, I did not watch porn throughout this week. That means I'm in a good position to go and ask God for what I want. And then in some situations, it's like, because I have done so and so and so, I don't feel like God will hear me. But the Bible says that because we have been called new creatures, the Bible says that what? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that what? So if there is no condemnation, this is the confirmation. So you can see, it has been freely given. It didn't hold anything back. When they gave you Jesus, before you knew you needed the Jesus, they gave you all things without Jesus. So what does that mean? They, sorry, we've got, let's go back to that um, uh, John, first John. Okay. When your heart condemns you that you are not worthy, they are telling you here that God is greater than that your heart that is condemning you. That, that voice that is condemning you, that is saying that you have messed up again, or for you that have not even started the journey, that is telling you that they are not even good enough to start this journey, God is telling you that his heart and his love is greater than your condemnation. His heart is greater than the world's condemnation of you. That is how I know that the worst person on this person has already been released to that person. He doesn't need to do any more than you that were a good boy all your life. Praise God. That is a good place for somebody in the house who understands this to get excited. Because he's telling me that no matter what you are doing, no matter what you have done, no matter what you will do, God's love is greater than your condemnation. Praise God. And that's why I, I find it hard when I see people, so they, they, you've done one or two things, you know you've strayed, and the next step is for you to run from God. Where are you running to? Provision has been made. Praise God. The provision has been made before you fell into sin. How many of you were born when Jesus died? No, there are some people in this church, when I see their face, I know that if they didn't miss that year, it's the year after that how many of you were around when Jesus died? So maybe you are just thinking that the death was for you because you were around at the time. No. The provision was made not even when Jesus died. From the foundations of the earth, God already knew and he made provision for you for whatever it is you think you are going to do. Praise God. And that is the grace of God. Grace is unmerited favor. You cannot earn it. You cannot be gooder or better. There is no great. There is no. There is no. Unless there is no. Um, how, how do you measure? Uh, is it gradation now? There is no marking that. Okay, this person is this good, so he needs to do this level of work to earn it. And this person is wow. This one he will first do like five years of work. Eh? It is once for all. And that once was good enough. Praise God. 
So what I'm trying to do at this early stage is to even let you see that you qualify, not, just, not because you qualify, but because there is mercy and grace. You qualify. You qualify. Because it was commanded towards you. God's love was commanded towards you. You did not have a choice. He doesn't have a say in the matter. God loves you, period. So whether you are doing good right now or you are not, God loves you. Now, it is up to you to know whether you want to stay and make mockery of the sacrifice and stay in your sin or not. But as to whether God will feel any kind of way about changing his mind about you, it cannot happen. And that's why I said love is constant. If God was like some of us, if God was like some of us, you know the Ten Commandments, you'll be experiencing it every day. Like God will just be sending hailstone, boils. You don't see frogs coming out of your pocket. You want to drink pure water, it turns to blood. As in God will just be showing you pepper every day, every day. If God was like us. There are some people that I thank God for you, that I am not God. Because you have shown me. Because you stress me. And I don't like to be stressed. So imagine if I was God. I would do you strong things. As in every single plague in the Bible, in one day, I But thank God I'm not God. Thank God you are not God. Because there are some people, the way they're even looking at me, they are wishing they are God right now. Uh, but thank God that He is not like us. Thank God His ways are higher than our ways. Thank God he's not limited by fecal emotions. Have you seen some people? I can't even. Today, you're coming. I'm leaving the house. I'm leaving now. As I'm talking to you, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And they're like, please don't leave. I'm talking about married women, in case you are wondering. I'm leaving now, now. I can't take it anymore. And then two days later, you now see on WhatsApp status, I love him so much. I'm like, auntie, choose one side. Let's, let's know. Stay in one place. But thank God that God is not like that. Tossed to and fro by the winds and the waves of emotions. God is constant. God is love. Love is constant. Praise God. So that's the first part of it. If you don't get this first part, you have no business going on to stage two. You have no business touching stage two. So now, Jesus came. And then he said, sorry, even before Jesus, um, the Bible says, um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your, with all your, and with all your I believe it's also in the Old Testament have you? so there was a type of love that was commanded for 
the children of Israel, the chosen people, to, to walk in. It says, you shall love the Lord God, your God with all your heart, your, your mind, and your strength. You can see that it had nothing to do with emotions. With all your heart, with, with, with all your time, with all your talent, with everything you have, you serve God and his purposes. How do I know that you love me? If you keep telling me you love me and I'm not seeing you do anything about it, you don't do anything, you just come, ah, you know I love you very much. You know after a while, you've cheapened that word. You just come and say you love me. Every day you say you love me. But I don't see you do and I tell you to do something, you don't do it. I tell you to help me out with this. You don't. So please, where is the love? If you say you love someone, it should be seen in the actions. Am I correct? So this love at this stage, it was what I would call dutiful love. Old Testament love was dutiful love. They were commanded to love God. They were commanded to have no other gods. They had no choice in the matter. There were times when there would be repercussions for them falling short of this type of love. Am I correct? Um, in the same vein, it says you shall have no other gods. That's love now. It's like you can't have a second wife. That's what they were saying at that time. So imagine all those times that they went to follow other idols. There were repercussions. Abby? So for, this is, is still short of what God intends for us. And that is why Jesus came. So by the time Jesus was coming, Jesus came to show us. So Jesus was now God in flesh coming on earth to show you what he was talking about. To the point where he was not seeing God. At that time, they wanted to kill him because he was calling God Father. So he had taken the relationship from dutiful to actual relationship. Where you could say that you love God. And that's why after he left, there were still revelations of how God, how love is supposed to look like. Praise God. And that's why if, if we're going to say what, what is the height, even the Bible says greater love has no man than what? Than he laid down his life. That is the ultimate. At least for our own standards. He says laid down his life for his friend. Abi? And when we were not God's friends, he laid down his life for us. How many of you can die for your enemies? So he had taken it to another level. So now it's not just, um, it's not just tit for tat, which was Old Testament. It's not, it's not cause and effect. The way we saw it in the other, if you do wrong, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. That's, what, that's in the Bible. I hope you're aware. Now Jesus came and he says, bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. If you despitefully use me, I'm not done yet. They are still cooking it. So if you despitefully use me, the Holy Spirit will tell me, Sha, whether I listen or not, it's another thing. But God is working on us. Praise God. But in all of that, God is still loving me anyway. So Jesus came to show us a higher level to this love. 
He says, when somebody slaps you, you turn the other cheek. He says, as, <laughs> I wonder, and, and it's hard when you, when you start to, I, I don't know how you picture some of these things. I actually try and picture how they, these are things they had not heard before. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, we're living in an era that we catch a woman in adultery. We stone her to death. That was the era Jesus was born in. Abby? We're caught in that era of if something happens, there is instant repercussion. If the ground is not opening up and swallowing you and your family. Abby? Like in the days of Moses. Lightning or something will just strike you. You will know. That's why they could look at somebody and be asking Jesus that, see this man that is infirmed in one way or the other. Who sinned? Because that's the mindset they had. That God is this vengeful, angry God. So if anything is wrong with you, we know already that you did wrong and God is punishing you. That was their mindset. But Jesus came to flip the script. Amen. So, he came to show us a new way to love. He came to show us what we call agape. Unconditional love. The kind of love that whether the person deserves it or not, you are already showing the love. He came to show us forgive, uh, sorry, advanced forgiveness. I don't know what you are going to do to me, but I forgive you already. I don't know in what way your own betrayal will be, but I have forgiven you already. That's what his dying on the cross was. Because up to that point, people had done stuff. But the truth is, then there was no internet. So we didn't, he didn't, I can't say he didn't know, but the, the, the levels of sin that is happening now were not happening then. Do you understand what I'm saying? They didn't have internet. There was no, um, uh, there, there was no big brother. Amen. So, you couldn't do some of the things you are doing now then. But the truth is, he had already forgiven you ahead. Like, I don't know what you are going to do. I don't know how this world is going to end up. Um, yes, um, even then, there was still a bit of um, homosexuality and all those things. But now, I'm sure even the people in heaven were like, man. Like, oh, what are these people doing now? We thought it was bad then. Can you imagine them talking in heaven? Like angels, like, ha. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you see that one? And the weird thing is, it's going to get worse. I don't even know how. And God has already forgiven them. Already. As in down, the forgiveness is ready for the things that will, hey, as in, is in my generation that you, you cannot sit with your mother and your father and you are watching them kiss on TV. Your body will be doing you somehow. You won't know where to look. <laughs> Where's this remote? This. Now, is it just, is it kissing that is a problem? Do, do, hey. It's going to get worse. And the forgiveness is already waiting for them. Their minds could not comprehend that in the Old Testament. Our minds cannot even comprehend it now for some of us. 
Well, God is that faithful. That's the faithfulness of God. Sometimes we talk about the love of God, but if you realize that faithfulness also means being constant, then you now see the faithfulness of God. Praise God. And that's why you cannot be afraid. If God, who knows what you have done and what you are going to do or what you have the potential of doing, is telling you, um, come boldly before my throne of grace, whereby you might obtain what? Is it the person that does well that obtains mercy? It's a person that has sinned, Abby, or fallen short. And he says there's already mercy waiting for you. But before that, you should come how? Ha. Come boldly to collect mercy for your mess up. As in, stop all that. I'm not saying rhymes. I don't be doing that. Where is it? There's just, let's move, please. But, but do you understand what I'm saying? As in, it is a sin. You have committed sin. And he's telling you to come boldly. Don't come, don't come groveling. It blows one's mind when you think about these things. When my son was young, when he was much younger, if you spank him, he will run to you. Abby? I don't know if you have, you had one that spanked him, but he'll still come to you and hold you. And then we get older. And then you do wrong. And then you run away. There are things you should learn from your children. The day my son did that thing, as in, I was shocked. He was like three or four. And I was ready to keep my list with him. Because of what he did. But he ran to me. I spanked him, but he ran to me. Now, God is telling you the same thing, that there's nothing you want to do. Come boldly to me. If you understand that, you will never have any kind of of, of low self-esteem all the days of your life. People judge you by the things you do for them. People judge you for the good or the bad that you do for them, Abby. But God is saying, even in your bad. So, and we're even talking about just the first part. So, come boldly to receive mercy. And then the second part is, and receive what? Grace. To help in time of need. So, grace we already know is unmerited favor. So, either way, you win. So, why are you shortchanging yourself by staying away from God? You receive mercy. And then you receive grace. You receive enablement to do beyond what you could do by yourself. Why would you run? Please, how we tell somebody, stop running. Tell them well. Stop running from God. He loves you with an everlasting love. The love is everlasting. It has no expiry date. God's love has, he won't say, um, your cup is filling up. You know, you had that mother, Abby, like, I'm counting it for you. God is not counting it for you. The moment you repent, he literally forgets. It's like you never did whatever it is. Like it never happened. 
we need to exploit this thing beyond what we are doing. We are not living to the full potential of, of God's love that is expressed towards us. That's what I'm trying to say. We need to exploit it because God loves you. Amen. I don't know how else to say it, but God loves you. He loved you so much that he sacrificed his best for you before you even knew to appreciate it. His best, his absolute best, he killed it for you. Even when you do not know him. Praise God. All right. Uh, we need to move. Um, okay, so we've, we've looked at that. Uh, so we had, like I said, the, the, the Old Testament came with all the laws and all that, and Jesus came to simplify it for us. So the first thing he said was, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your might. And then he said, the second is like unto the first. You shall what? Love your, love your neighbors as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, that's math. Okay, thank you. He said the second is like unto it. <laughs> if he says the second is, is like the first. So he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, your mind. And then he says the second is like that first one. Love your neighbor as yourself. It is hard to love some neighbors. Not everybody is likable. No, I'm not, it's, I'm, yeah, we're laughing, but it's true. Not, not everybody is likable. But the Bible says that we love because he first loved us. What they are saying there is not that, um, it's, not, it's not like a, a button. It is a button, but you understand what I'm saying now. We love. We are supposed to learn that type of love and then we can now show that kind of love to others. That's what they are saying there. So if they are saying he loved, we love because he first loved us. We are saying, they are saying that we have the God, we have the ability, the potential to love like he did because he has shown us how to do it. Do you understand that? So now your love that you are showing to somebody else cannot be premised on what that person can do for you or not. It should not be premised on what that person did to you or didn't do. Because now we have been shown a new template. So when he says the second is like unto this one, they are saying that now it is time for you. You have received God's love. Now it's time to show that same type of love to somebody else. And it is hard. It's not supposed to be easy. The same things I counted. So while we hated him, he loved us. Somebody else will hate you. And you are still supposed to show love to that person. So that's the next step for us. So that's why I feel like this is, it is good for us to talk about these things. Because sometimes, because we are human, I will love the person that does me good. It's natural. If you don't greet me, I, 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 I will greet you. I will greet you. No, I think I've passed, I've passed that stage. I, 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 I passed that level. I'm thinking it's 
I'm thinking computer game in my head. When I said pass that level, I actually received, and I passed that level in my head. Uh, but I, yeah, if you don't, I, yes, I will greet. I, most people are greet. The thing is changing. I'm not God. <laughs> I know. But God has seen. But I am yielded to his spirit. You can't do this on your own. You have the Holy Spirit who's your teacher, who's your helper. Praise God. Oh, but the decision has to come from you. you the Holy Spirit, sometimes we think that the Holy Spirit is like this battery that they just stick in you and they're like, oh, okay, now I'm holy. No. There has to be a willingness from you to walk the life of God out in your life. And then the Holy Spirit will help you do that. He will remind you of some things. He will teach you some things. He will counsel you, but you are the one that will do it. Did you get that? So don't wait for you to feel a particular kind of way for you to start living the life that you have been called to live. That's what I'm trying to say. You have already been equipped with everything it takes to live that kind of life. But like I said, it is sacrifice. Love is sacrifice. God has shown us we now need to live that life. So how do we sacrifice? How do we show love? We sacrifice in everything. The same way he has given us everything. We, it is our turn to lay down our lives literally for God. Praise God. How does that play out? If... Um, if I claim to love someone and the person, the person tells me that they like something, give me something, anything. Sorry? Ice cream. Ah, this February 14, I want to be dead. <laughs> I see some people will see pepper. Anyway, it will not be your portion in Jesus' name. But if it's not supposed to be, if you are doing nonsense, it's, it's, your, your, your breakfast will be plenty. Amen. Um, so ice cream. So the person says, I love ice cream. You know that beginning stage of, of relationship? That butterfly stage of relationship. You know it now. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to the wrong side. You have no business. No, just close your ears. I don't care that you're in university now. Yes, it's you. I don't care. No. So let me go back here. <laughs> At that stage where you are still trying to impress the girl, you now see ice cream. You know she likes ice cream. You know that's the time you start misbehaving. You buy chocolate, you buy vanilla, you buy strawberry, you buy, you buy, and then you came and like, ah, I was just passing. Meanwhile, you were not passing. You took bike to the place. And then you took bike to the junction of the house, and then you now took Uber from that place to... A... You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Why are you people like this? You've done it before, have you? And so at that stage, where you are still trying to impress, you will do everything. You will save up. You will sacrifice for that person. You will walk part of the way. 
Sometimes you walk all the way. For this person, whose emotions might even still be very fickle. For this person that, as you are leaving, another person might be coming. See, eh? some people have shown some people in this life. And I'm not even mentioning any gender. But some people have shown some people. But God will compensate us. That was not for the girls. Because <laughs> I'm still hearing some female amens. Eh? That was not for you. But, but do you understand what I'm saying? You, you, you are willing to sacrifice. You are willing to, to put yourself under inconvenience for this person that you claim that you love. That might do something that will annoy you. That that love can disappear in, an, in, in the blink of an eye. Now, a God that has given you everything. That has laid his life down for you. What is too much for you to give? What is that inconvenience that is too much? And all he's saying, he said, if you love me, you will follow my commandments, Abby. So, and then he says, this commandment I give you, I, I give you a new commandment. What is that commandment? Where is it? DJ, please help. He says, I give you a new commandment. And that commandment was simply that you what? Love. So he's not saying, what, what do you want to do for God? But he's saying that this is the uppermost on my heart, people. If you want to show that you love me, love people. Love people in all their inadequacies. Love people with all their mess-ups. Love them with all their fickleness and all their instability. Love them the way I have loved you. That is a commandment now. Love people. How do you, which, and that's why I was saying that if you claim to love me, but you don't love your brother, then you're a liar. That's in First John, I believe. If you, you say you love me, but you can't see me. But the one that is in front of you, that is saying that he's hungry, that he needs help, that, that, that he needs some kind of support, you can't love that one. What kind of lie is that? Because this is what is on my heart. For those people that were chasing the girls at the time, that story I was, that we started with, with the ice cream. You know if they have a younger brother? Ah. I remember when my sister was, was dating. Um, there was this guy. Fine boy. Big, tall, everything. everything banker at that time. Banker at that time is not banker now. <laughs> yeah. So, he will come. Now, this guy was huge. But he had this very tiny car. And then my brother and I, when he shows up in his car, he was like all hunched up in the car because he's tall. Then we start whispering. We start whispering, whistling, sorry. I can't whistle. Because I'll be laughing. You know that? Let me sing it. Some the people that know know. You know what I'm saying? Who is that? 
Not forty. Yeah, yeah, you too young. For you to say forty thousand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Spencer. You know, you had a smoker. When we start singing it, <laughs> my sister will not run downstairs. But we will know that with all their things, we were sorted. Because we are the brothers of the bride. So anytime it showed, we knew that, ah, we did bang. We were, we were all right. And so God is saying that for my sake, can you love these ones? The same way, if, if that guy saw me on the road, he will not do it. He owes me nothing. But for my sister's sake, that he's claiming that he loves. Did you get that? If you are claiming that you love Jesus and you are standing here crying and it's not his right, and maybe there is music, do you cry that cry when you are on your own? Let's not even go into that one. But you claim you love this Jesus. And he's saying, these are the ones that will show me that you actually love me. How many of you actually live up to your claim that you love Jesus? Based on what he has commanded you to do. He says, if you love me, you will feed my sheep. That's what he was telling Peter. But he's saying also to you that if you love me, if you claim to love me, then you will love these ones. That is love. Love is you looking at somebody else. Doesn't mean that you're not going through stuff. Who is not pleased? Who is on uh, off off day with challenges? No, no, it might. I don't know. It might actually be uh, what do you call it uh, what, shift. So who is on off? Who doesn't have a challenge right now? Uh, but God is saying you will look beyond yourself. You will look beyond your own challenges. You will look beyond your own failings and inadequacies, and you will still love other people. You need to grow up. It is a child that you will take his biscuit and say, I'm not your friend again. And then you give him biscuit and you say, I'm your friend. I'm not your friend again. I'm your, you cannot be that fickle. Your love cannot be based on whether you have or not. You don't have. You have something. You have support. You have, you have prayer. You, have, you, have, you are equipped. For somebody here, you need to empty your account for that person that has come to you. That's when we know that you love. All these ones that we are doing and we are laughing and we are playing. This is love. When you know that beyond yourself, you are living for somebody that has already commanded you to love. That's why we'll come to church. That's why we'll, we'll sacrifice in church and outside of church. That's why we'll see our brothers on the street and we'll do whatever we can to help them. It's because we've been commanded to. And it's because we've been shown how to do it. You cannot love out of convenience. Convenience is not in the dictionary when we are talking about love. Convenience is not in the dictionary when we are talking about love. It is I will only do when it's convenient. That is not love. You are still playing. Praise God. So it is time to grow in love. It is time to love as Christ loved us. 
It is time to actually live the life we have been called to because the life we have been called to is a life of love. So for some of us, the Christian, we have been playing Christianity. We've not touched the real thing yet. Because we think that Christianity is about laying hands and speaking in tongues and, and signs and wonders and miracles. No. For every single sign and wonder that Moses did, the, 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 the Egyptians could replicate at least up to a point. So it is not about signs and wonders. It says, by this shall men know that, what? They are my disciples. That's on one hand. It says, these signs shall follow those that believe. These signs shall follow. Signs are nothing. It is the discipleship we are talking about. In the discipleship aspect, did they talk about signs and wonders? No. It says, DJ, you will help me on. Okay, let's, we are moving on to the other. We move from this now. It says what? By this shall men know that you are my own disciple, that you belong to me, that you follow me. How many Christians are you? If you say you're a Christian, that means you're a follower of Christ. It says by this shall you know that all men, sorry, know that you are my disciples. If you have love, they did not talk about miracles. Praise God. That's why they could say all those things in, 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 in uh, First Corinthians. That if I do all these things, if I do this, if I do that, if I raise the dead, if I, whatever it is you want to do, if you don't have love, then you are nothing. So for many people, they are still on level nothing. Because you haven't actually expressed love in the things you are doing. Praise God. So it looks like we are staying on this and we are hopping on it. But this is all we have been called to do. If you go through this life and you never perform one miracle, but you love all through, you are better. You are in better stead. You are in, you are in a better position than that person who has raised the dead and healed every kind of disease you know. I hope you are aware. I hope you are aware. God did not call us just to do signs and wonders and miracles and all of those things. He called us to love. Praise God. All right. So let's see how we can round this up. So, ultimately, I mean, there's, there's no other way around. I've tried to draw parallels to what we already know, to what we live. And that's what the Bible would do. That's, that's what Jesus would do. Jesus drew parallels to the, 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 the realities of that time. Praise God. So look at yourself and actually ask yourself honestly, can I be doing more? You know you can grow in love. You know your love can abound more and more. That's what the Bible says. So it can grow. So whatever level you are now, there is more. Please help me tell somebody there is more. Don't, don't get complacent. So there is more. So you need to do that analysis. And, and Jesus has, like I said, he has shown us, go to your Bible, look for the scriptures. Everything he talked about in terms of love, everything had to do with serving somebody else, loving somebody else. Praise God. So that is my charge to you this evening. You need to do an assessment and you need to know that you can grow in this love. Praise God. So have you been blessed this evening?
Okay. All right. So, um, well, like the first thing we talked about was even accepting. You can't, you have no business with part two and part three if you've not sorted part one. Part accept the sacrifice, the love sacrifice that was made for you. So if you're not born again in the house, you, 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 you cannot even, you cannot, you cannot. Everything you do in your own strength, is, it's, it's fallacy, it's wrong. You can't. So if you're not born again in the house, I'd like you to just say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you today as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me my sin. Wash me with your blood. I receive the grace to serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Father, for I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen. And teach me, Father, how to love the way you loved me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, please... um,